0: Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Agency Unfiltered, the HubSpot Solutions Partner Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Dunn, and Agency Unfiltered is a weekly web series and podcast that interviews the owners, founders, and executives of agencies and services providers from around the world about whatever it takes to grow and scale. This week, we have on Matt Smith, CEO and founder of 1406 Consulting, here to talk about two things. First, his team's entry into the HubSpot Partner ecosystem via the old sales partner program which we now know as the Provider Program. And so we talk about 1406's origination and beginnings as an agency, how they started as a HubSpot partner, and how it's navigated the ecosystem up until today. And second, we talk about tech stack and platform consulting, and how important it is for partners to go to market with a recommended tech stack for their clients. And so we talk about Matt's approach to building that list the qualification process he uses in determining what apps and integrations he wants to add to that list, and the relationships he's made and what he builds with the app partners themselves. And We also talk about how this manifests into the 1406 sales process, from discovery questions to inform his recommendations for prospective clients, objection handling, and navigating pushback or potential aversions to increase software costs to help accelerate and eventually close these sales. This is another episode of Agency Unfiltered. Hey, Matt, welcome to Agency Unfiltered. How are we doing?
1: Doing great today. How
0: about yourself? You know, not too bad. Happy Q4. How are the early results trending
1: uh, for 1406? It's looking strong. We're excited for Q4. It's going to be a good end of the year. Good for you, man. That's awesome.
0: Uh, well, hope here's to a fruitful Q4. Hopefully everything pans out well uh, and you set yourself up for a new year. Thank you. Uh, of course. Um, now, you, uh, Matt, we're here to talk about something that, uh, you know, a number of partners uh, uh, are wrapping their heads around or looking to you know, help consult and guide and you know, have some strategic insights for their clients. And that's around platform and tech stack and integrations. But before we get into that, I think it's worth calling out, you know, when we have partners on the podcast, we, we don't oftentimes have businesses that came in through the initial like, sales partner program. Uh, And so, but I'm led to believe that 1406 has, and that's where you came in and that's your entry point into the HubSpot ecosystem. And so I'd love to, again, not a perspective we get a ton of. So I'd love to hear that entry point and your path through uh, the HubSpot partner program as a sales partner.
1: Yeah. Happy to talk about that. It was a, it was a pretty cool experience. So uh, the journey for me began in the summer of 2017. Um, I had uh, started doing business development for a company, a small company in the automotive industry that didn't really have any kind of a sales ops process. And they were really struggling Mm -hmm. to forecast and manage their pipeline for revenue growth. Um, They didn't have a CRM in place. And the arrangement I had worked out was I was gonna get paid commissions based on helping to increase revenue. So I needed a way to measure what was going on and Mm -hmm. what I was affecting, right? So uh, over a weekend I researched, I was looking for free CRM platforms online and found at the time kind of the early sales hub tools mm-hmm. taught myself the crm actually by watching uh academy videos and setting setting up a trial it's a good way.
0: You're two minutes into the episode <laughs> you're already buttering me up that's perfect yeah. maybe some, you may some have Kyle Jepson <laughs> content you know our man Kyle most probably, likely right? yeah
1: yeah yeah no but seriously like i spent uh i spent a weekend you know probably like 14 hours a day uh going through that stuff <laughs> and took the random spreadsheets of information and contacts and you know clients that they had, imported it all, set up some dashboards. And by that following week, I went in and and took the sales team and the management through here's what I've set up. Here's how we're going to use it, built out some pipeline dashboards and started running sales meetings, uh, Mm -hmm. status meetings, using HubSpot every week. And over four months, uh, after four months, we had grown top line revenue by about 50%. And a lot of that came from just running a strong sales ops process and having visibility into key deals through HubSpot and simple things like not forgetting to invoice clients when they sign a deal, (laughs) things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, So how did I join the partner program? Um, So while I was doing all of that, I obviously was on the HubSpot website quite a bit and saw a CTA that just asked, um, are you a sales consultant? Apply now to join the HubSpot sales partner Mm -hmm. program, Uh, which led to me uh, becoming one of the, I found out later, one of the first HubSpot sales partners. Um, you probably know as much about it as I do. It was, it was uh, a, a program, basically. My understanding, as HubSpot was really starting to roll out Sales Hub, wanted to expand market adoption of that with sales organizations. And there's a lot of people, in, you know, out there who are, you know, solely sales consultants and really focus on working with sales teams. And I think a lot of the traditional marketing agency partners didn't have that same background. So
0: well, I think that was also just yeah the 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 you know the inflection point of HubSpot product right obviously the partner program was very much skewed towards marketing agencies inbound marketing services because the two tool, the tools skewed marketing but as you know the software became more uh the functionality became more broad became like you know a sales hub and some other things and yeah we, we you know uh, uh it was a different type of business that would be able to yield the types of services right that that would uh, uh, be beneficial for customers of sales. Yeah. So it makes sense. Um, and so, I mean, Matt too, it sounds like you uh, uh, found HubSpot CRM as like an in-house biz dev, uh, was able to establish, you know, ah, here's our CRM of record. Here's the process around it. Here's our sales ops function. Here's our reporting capabilities. And it went so well, you what, signed up through that CTA because you're like, Hey, maybe I could do this
1: uh, as like a consultancy, yeah. you know, uh, line of business. Yeah, it was Hey, this sounds interesting, right? I, I talked with um Sam Belt, who was yep. helping get that up and running. If you know Sam, he's been around yep. HubSpot for a long time. A long so, time so HubSpotter. Yeah. And uh he really helped me out with, you know, how to approach this, how to get the most out of the tool.
0: How luscious and, were his locks <laughs> at that point? I don't want to derail us, but I mean where was where was the where was the hair at that point in time?
1: Uh I will just say his uh his photo on his signature, you know, block of his email did not match the uh
0: yeah, it had grown. It had grown. Yeah, since the, it was since the headshot. Understand? It's yeah. getting long. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. So, uh, anyway, so we, uh, you know, as I'm working through that, I'm I'm still consulting, right? I'm in, independent, and um, that's actually kind of how I end up with the the company name 1406 Consulting. Was I just needed a way to invoice for those commissions that I was trying to chase down, and needed needed to set up an LLC. Yep uh, and needed a name to use for that. Wasn't planning to have a website at the time or anything. And I had done uh, a number of, uh, like Ironman races and triathlons and stuff. And so the 1406 came from the 140.6 miles in the uh, Ironman triathlon. Oh, so, I love that. I love that. Random facts. But, um, yeah. as I'm doing that, I'm, I'm talking with other people I know that are, you know, business owners, people at different companies. And, and I sort of have a few people as I'm talking about this say, you know, we could actually use help with that. Could you do that for me too? Um, So started to get some benefit out of that. And, and people would say, you know, doesn't HubSpot do marketing? And I would say, you know, I think so. (laughs) Uh, And they, you know, wanted me to help with marketing. So I ended up asking my, uh, my sister who had spent 10 years in agency land. uh, Prior to that, working in marketing agencies actually joined me and helped me, you know, as I joined the full, you know, marketing agency program. At that point, we started having more opportunities coming in. Hmm. She helped me learn. Uh, the, the agency side of things and really grow that part of the business.
0: No, that's great. So started as an independent consultant, but then yeah, finding ways to expand uh, the team, the, but also the scope and the the degree of expertise, especially across the full wholesale platform. Yeah, I love that. And so, yep, yep. um, and so Matt, where or how does fourteen oh six operate today? What's the go to market? How is your you know menu of services continued to evolve? What type of work do you provide your clients? So uh, where are you at today?
1: So today it it runs a gamut. Uh, we do a lot of, uh, HubSpot implementation projects, work closely with a lot of, uh, sales reps, HubSpot will tackle some of the more complicated projects often that require, you know, not just implementing HubSpot, but they also need some type of an integration, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's uh, kind of a standard off the shelf, third-party software integration with HubSpot, uh, they need something custom, you know, built in terms of an integration because they're in the, a unique space. So we do a lot of those. We do, you know, branding, traditional marketing agency things. So branding, website design, do some some terrific website design projects. And uh yeah, just love working with uh with teams that have hard projects to solve.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, hey, we're here to solve the complicated problems. I love that. I mean, you you hear more and more of that as well, just knowing that the the customization opportunities are like the really interesting ways in which you can configure HubSpot, right? That that continues to evolve as well. And so yeah, coming in and solving those complicated problems sounds like too. When integrations or connecting it to other, you know, systems is is at the the center of it. Um, you mentioned custom integrations. Have you has fourteen oh six taken a look at the custom integration accreditation?
1: Yeah, so we did that uh, actually earlier this year. So we are uh, custom integration accredited. I guess is yes. the right terminology. Yeah, yeah. congrats. So we uh, we did that process. We um, it was pretty interesting, you know. And uh, kudos to to you and the team that put that program together, uh, pretty rigorous. Had to submit uh, multiple examples of live and production custom integrations we'd written for for clients. You know, it's not uh, we connected this thing to that thing using Zapier. It's got to be, you know, you've actually written software. You're hosting some things. You're you're paying attention to quality and and operational uh, stability of the platform. So yeah, that was a pretty cool process, and we're uh, we're excited to see you know more opportunities coming for that.
0: Yeah, that's great. Congrats. I mean, again, I, I know it's, uh, it's meant to be rigorous. I think, as you mentioned, I know it's fairly time intensive as well, but to your point, it's not just, Hey, how do we connect two systems with, you know, a zap, but it's much more comprehensive and much more, you know, uh, uh custom development, uh, focused. So anyways, uh, huge accomplishment. Uh, and that's awesome to hear. So congrats on the award and the accreditation. Thank you. Now, Matt, um, uh, uh, as you uh, operate in that space, right, helping solve the complicated problems, integrating HubSpot into a tech stack, where and how uh, should partners uh, be, you know, guiding their clients on designing uh, a tech stack, right? So, and we also know the marketplace, you know, thousand plus, fifteen hundred apps in there as well. And so, does fourteen oh six help build tech stacks for their clients? Or are you just implementing and integrating HubSpot into what already exists? And so at what what point or where should partners be looking to operate as it relates to tech stack uh, consultancy? Does that make sense?
1: It does. Yeah, good question. I think it depends a little bit on the client, right? So you you always want to have, uh, especially early in the discovery part of, a, of working with the client. These are things you want to understand early on. You don't want to wait until you've already started the project to find these things out. Uh, so, And it depends on what type of uh, team you're working with you know, how large are they? Is it sales hub? Is it marketing hub? Is it it a combination of growth suite? Sure. And, um, it's no knowing the things to ask about for us. It's, you know, based on experience, right? Some of it lessons learned the hard way others, uh, just thinking proactively, right. Getting to be more and more of that. But, um, Maybe we scratched that. That didn't make a lot of
0: sense. I didn't ask the question tremendously well. Let me uh let me take it back to all I'm gonna ask the question from okay. scratch and then I'll set you because yeah, I kind of went all over the place. Um no matter, in, in that uh in that area in which 1406 operates and works with their clients, uh, what role do you and what role should other partners be looking to play in helping their clients design? A tech stack on and around HubSpot, right? And I know I can imagine there's a number of variables, but when 1406 enters an engagement with a client, are you bringing a recommended tech stack that they should have around HubSpot? Or are you looking to integrate or implement HubSpot into an existing tech stack? Right. So it's like, what's the order of operations and how can you take advantage of that full app ecosystem around HubSpot? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I do. Good, good question. So we have we have already uh, established a tech stack of tools that we know hmm. uh, that we are either uh, certified, you know, as a partner or a vendor uh, with those with those vendors or that we've used extensively and we're confident enough that we would recommend it and can help a client hmm. with implementing. Right? So uh, we go in with that in our back pocket. It's uh, it's on our website of this is our recommended you know, tech stack of the, the tools that we use that we think work well with HubSpot. Um, but you don't lead with that, right, as, hey, if you, it's not, if you want to work with us, you have to implement all of these sure. tools. You know, we we're successful with this because we approach it from an advisory role. So mm-hmm. I go back to what uh, HubSpot's Dan Tyre taught us in the Lion Bootcamp a few yeah. years ago. Yeah, the legend. Right? Yeah. yeah, he was on your pocket. He said, uh, <laughs> you know, you're not making sales calls, you're making helping calls, right? Mm-hmm. So I still treat it that way, right? And And so I'm asking questions trying to discover what their, what their environment looks like. What kind of problems do they have? Uh, we're not trying to sell them a bundle of software, right? We don't require, we don't mandate any of these things in order yep. to do an implementation. So the goal really is to help HubSpot fit as smoothly into their business operations as possible and to solve problems for them as you're doing that.
0: So it's, it's, it, uh, Let me know if this is a fair reflection back, but it's like you have your list of preferred apps or vendors, right? Hey, we've we've used these, we know how they operate, we've seen the value, um, but you're not necessarily lead with that. So it's like balancing, hey, we know the apps and the vendors we'd want to partner with if the need arises, but it's really going to be you know like solutioned based on the client needs or or what we uncover in the discovery phase. So it's some some blend of those two
1: things. It is, it is, and it it, for example, it might be if I'm talking with. a sales leader who's got a team of uh, 100 plus sales reps around the, around the country, and we're doing requirements. And I might say, okay, as far as phone calling, right? How do your sales reps make phone calls right now? Do they use their cell phones? Do they use a desk phone that the company provides, or using some kind of a VoIP system? And it might say, actually, they just use their own personal cell phone. I say, okay, are you happy with that? You know, do you have visibility into how many calls they're making, who they're calling? When it happened, what was the outcome? What what kind of call, you know, are they just leaving voicemails? Or do you have some corporate objectives where you really need better visibility into, uh, into that? Do you want them calling on a company number, right, instead of on a personal device? You know, if they're happy with, no, no, they can just keep calling on their own cell phone, then okay, great. Hey, if that ever changes, there's some tools we can recommend, there's some great things built into uh, into HubSpot now with calling directly out of HubSpot, receiving calls, voicemail, everything. Uh, if they say, you know, well, actually, we um, we want something that will automatically track the calls in HubSpot, but they need to be able to call from a desk phone hmm. because they're in an the office, then we have tech options for that, right? So you, you need to discover, what are they doing now? Are they happy with it? Sometimes they haven't thought about it. So it'll be, you know, well, they're, we we want to switch to a company Sponsored phone system. Okay, great. Well, we can use this, this, and this. Now, when they're making calls, do they also need the ability to get text messages back to that same number from the people they're calling? Oh, yeah, they actually will need to be able to do that. Okay, well, then that means we need to focus on one of these two options. So, it's
0: like branching logic based on the answers to these questions. It's going to send you on the right app, right? To exactly. Right integration. Yep, 100%. Yeah. So it's, it's like really not guess a guess who. You know.
1: Yeah, it's not a one size fits all. You, yep. you need to understand their business.
0: And it sounds like, too, right, you have these questions ready to go to help uncover the need. Uh, and so, do you have it's almost like a, a play, a sales playbook or a line of questions for every uh, a- app category or preferred vendor that you work with? Like, what are the calling was a great example. What are the other common integrations that you would run through that sort of discovery process?
1: Yeah. So, phone is a good one, right? Because you've got similar questions for, uh so it depends on what hub, right? Or what, what business also true. They, yep. if it's, uh, if it's service hub, right. For example, they might have similar questions, but you might, uh, it might slant more towards, tell me about your incoming calls. Is it a central 800 number? And then there's extensions or take option one or option two, you know, so, so again, it, it depends a bit on the hub and then it, we try to go through these different areas. So to answer your question, some of the, those, uh, sort of key types of tech stack items, you know, or sort of checklist items, you need to have a solution for our uh, phone system. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would say meeting transcripts, analysis, recording. So meetings, right? So we work with uh, Gong. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also obviously work with sales enterprise, right? Within HubSpot can do a lot of that. Uh, Text messaging, SMS. So Mm -hmm. there's multiple vendors there. Uh, Quoting and CPQ. Uh, and document signatures, right? Yeah, big one. Uh, paid advertising. There's vendors that work there for, you know, both ABM, B2B mm-hmm. advertising and consumer ads. Uh, you've got web analytics. So things like Hotjar or Lucky Orange. Right? Yeah, I kind
0: of, I, yeah like heat mapping. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. Uh, lead prospecting. You know, everybody's heard of Zoom Info. There's other tools out there as well. Uh, dashboards with Databox, you know, our friend yeah. Pete Caputa, right? Yep. Yeah, of uh, course. So, Always want to have some de- some data box capabilities <laughs> and then uh, you know project management things like ClickUp and other tools. Yep. So I'm missing some things there, but that's that's, but those that's are kind of the- those.
0: And I think you made up a really good point too uh, in that you know hey these are the preferred apps or like the integration the common integrations that we can help consult with. But it's not just having discovery questions based on each app. It's also by uh, hub or use case, right? Because yeah, maybe the same calling uh, integration. Uh, uh, may you know be a fit for this client, but if they have sales hub versus service hub, well, the discovery questions or the value propositions you seek to hit are going to be a little different. So that's a really important call. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's really
1: that. around what what problem they're trying to solve, which gets back to why are why are they implementing HubSpot in the first place, or maybe they already have HubSpot and they're looking for help, you know, improving what they're doing. Right, mm-hmm. they might be already up and running.
0: How often do you or, or does the team? Uh, you know, refresh or audit that that list of apps uh, that you recommend or or work with? Like, what does the qualification process look like? If a new app hits the marketplace or you're trying to add a new category to your list, that what does like the vetting or qualification process look like in that way?
1: That tech stack in our list of vendors and partners that we work with mm-hmm. uh, tends to update every couple of months. And about half the time, it's because I'm talking with a client or a prospect and they bring up a tool that I've never worked with before. You know, I think one of the one of the things I missed on my list here was um, was webinar platforms. Sure. Yep. More and more of that since since COVID. And so there's a couple of uh, of webinar platforms that we've started to work with. So there's always something new coming up. Uh, clients have something I've never heard of before, and we'll we'll check it out and vet it. And if uh, it looks great, and they've got, you know, we look to see do they have a good support process? Do they have a way to get help? Like we're, we are spoiled with HubSpot and the kind of support documentation, knowledge base, all the things you get there. So we're looking for something similar, right? If we're going to recommend it alongside HubSpot, it needs to kind of live up to that same level of expectation. Yep. They've got that. They've got a, a partner program you can tie into. So you've got people to get help from, uh, then we'll, we'll add things to the list and, and use them when it's appropriate.
0: And so are you, uh, is everything on the list of, uh, apps that you uh, have in kind of your preferred stack? I know you mentioned a few of them. Hey, we're certified in, but are you members of these additional partner programs as well? Uh, and is, it, is that the recommended move for for other partners? How do you maximize or take advantage of like the proliferation of partner programs, not just the list of of integrations or apps?
1: A hundred percent, you should join those programs. Uh, I think you have to stay focused on what's your core business. Yeah, You know, for us, like our core business is uh, CRM consulting, sales, marketing, service, website branding. We don't uh, we don't go out and implement Salesforce. You know we don't we're not a multi CRM uh, partner. So we focus things around HubSpot. So we we deal with with tools that work well with HubSpot. Uh, yep. If I got sidetracked trying to promote and sell you know each one of these different tools and vendors, I would lose sight of my key my key uh, and core business, and it's not worth it.
0: So it sounds like, yes, right, take advantage of these programs, but not, not to the point where you're distracting yourself or your focus from, like, the core areas you serve, the services you offer, right? So, yeah, that's yeah. it's good. Yeah, time. these
1: are things to help. You know, when I, when I was thinking about you know, what would be a good topic to discuss, it goes back to I think you and I spoke about from partner day at Inbound uh, yeah. you know, a month or so ago. One of the key messages there really was partners, please find ways to work together. In the ecosystem right yeah partners and
0: solutions partners and app (laughs) partners right yeah yeah exactly
1: and and i that really resonated with me because i said you know that's one of the things we've done from the beginning right and i think it's key to how we've been able to scale and grow the business but also to do it profitably Um, so being able to do that and have this set of partners and and technology vendors you that you believe in that are effective you can implement them where needed you know, but you can't uh, you can't make your core business secondary to those things because um, you may find that six months from now HubSpot has added functionality that replaces one of them. <laughs> so, you know, that's not an uncommon thing. So you need okay. to be able to always know what does HubSpot have to offer in this area, right? Because the HubSpot capability may be what they need. You can sure. make phone call. You can make phone calls through HubSpot you know, for years, right? So the the existing HubSpot functionality for things may be what they need. It just comes down to the specifics of their business, what problems they're trying to solve.
0: Yep, that's a good point too, is that it's not, I mean, you know, I think you'd mentioned too, every couple of months we're we're going back through kind of that preferred, you know, list of vendors. And so, yeah, maybe in some cases, right, the HubSpot, the functionality native in HubSpot is one of the, you know, uh, recommendations at the end of your kind of like branching, you know, the decision tree of, of discovery questions, right?
1: Yeah, we always start with, does the HubSpot functionality cover what they need? Sure. And you have to keep an eye on the betas, <laughs> the new beta, <laughs> right. the new yeah. beta features coming out because it changes rapidly. But uh,
0: um, I know it moves really fast. I know it moves fast.
1: It does move. Life moves pretty fast.
0: Uh, now, for it's, the uh, the clients, like in the in the conversations you have with prospective clients or like new clients, and you're coming in and, and you know based on the the, the answers you got in the discovery phase, you have kind of some solutions that you want to you know uh, uh, propose in addition to HubSpot. Uh, uh do you ever run into the case where you know uh these businesses or you know uh, have like price aversion or cost aversion to like a growing list of software subscriptions like knowing that there's probably going to be not just subspot but this tool, this tool and this tool and this tool and this tool like how do you navigate that conversation do you receive pushback is it frequent um, does it come up at all but but what's your approach there if it does
1: yeah, cost is always a consideration, right? Um, and it's it's actually one of the reasons that we pay attention to this early in the discovery process. So it's mm-hmm. not a surprise, right? After they've already gotten budget approval and and think they're that that, that the wheels are turning, the project is running. Uh, they don't you don't want them to have to go back and ask for additional budget again after they thought they were done with that. So probably speaks to the importance of how, why you want to have these conversations early, right? Early, yeah. yeah. And so you know, one of the reasons why we have kind of multiple options for things in the tech stack is that some of those skew towards a a lower price point, right? Some have more enterprise type features. Um, And if you can give them two or three options, great. Uh, But they'll, you know, if you do that early, they'll look at it, you you give them the pros and cons, and they'll make a business decision, right? Just based on the level of importance. Some, Some things are nice to have, some things are a must have but uh, you're better off addressing it up front than trying to deal with a surprise later. Cause that, that's not going to leave a good impression.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, once the, once the, the ship has sailed on seeking budget approval, but then, you know, some wires got crossed, but Oh, and to, to be able to do that. Oh, you actually, you know, might want to add this, you know, additional uh, piece of software, but then that, that, you know, uh, negates the budget that they've already approved. Yeah. I think to your point uh, uh, having it come up early, but it sounds like too, uh cost and price and budget, like these are things, uh, that have to, you know, be sorted out in that discovery phase. Again, we keep talking about the branching logic and what you're going to end up recommending. But it sounds like, you know, cost is or budgets, one of those those branches.
1: I'm sure somebody could build a workflow in HubSpot that <laughs> outlines this process.
0: Yeah, I mean, Generative AI can just probably do this for us at this point. You know what I mean? Like, how can it not just recommend it for us? Um, yeah, yeah. Matt, so uh, in addition to you know all the consultancy you do for your clients as it relates to their CRM of record, HubSpot apps and integrations. Uh, what does the tech stack look like for 1406, right? You mentioned a number, you know, web analytics, uh, uh, call recording and transcription calling functionality. What does the tech stack look like for 1406? How should other partners be thinking about their own internal tech stacks? Uh, any recommendations there?
1: Yeah. Well, well one of the things we do is, uh, we, we'll use these vendors internally ourselves in our own day-to-day operations and you know, wherever it makes sense. So we've got, um, you know our preferred calling options, and we use you know the HubSpot calling, for example, for some team members, and others who got different types of requirements will use some of these tech vendors. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's some things that we don't use internally. Uh, I don't do bulk text messaging, for example, so I don't I don't need to do that, or uh, I don't send out a lot of postal mail, so I don't, I don't yeah. use those vendors. But but we try to use as much of it as we can. You know, even uh, down to things like the QuickBooks integration. Range for we use QuickBooks, so all my uh, quickbooks invoices are synced over to uh to hubspot deals and and that type of thing i got to switch now i think to the new uh the hubspot invoicing since that's out now that's but, right uh, yeah yeah so we 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 use these uh, internally you know if it's something we're not using internally we will always uh set up a test account and connect it to our own hubspot portal or to a client's uh, sandbox uh and get comfortable with it before we put it in production but mm-hmm. um, that's always important I think other other than that, uh, internally, uh, we talked about custom integrations earlier. Yeah. Custom development that to me is becoming uh, more important. If you want to really have a scalable, you know, profitable business around HubSpot, is being able to do custom integrations, and especially now with the new functionality that HubSpot has come out with around being able to extend and customize the UI with uh, using React yeah. to build in you know custom integrations and and panels yeah. directly into the software. Uh, Having your own internal development tech stack, you know, so what is your code base you're going to build on? How do you manage your code repo? How do Mm -hmm. you do version control your build and deploy? What's your testing process? Uh, Once you've got an integration live running for a client, how do you manage it? How do you ensure it's operating smoothly, that it's not throwing out errors and and that it stopped working five days ago and you didn't know it? So you've got to have tools and a tech stack in place uh, for things that maybe, you know, traditionally you know, a quote unquote marketing agency, right. Doing HubSpot wouldn't have thought about. So you've got to, sure. you've got to really pay attention to those things too.
0: Yeah. The times have changed, you know, uh, it, 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 going back to the 2017 days and like what that partner program looked like yeah. versus <laughs> what are
1: the business challenges sure. our
0: partners are seeking to solve today and vastly different, right?
1: Yeah. 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 Am I going to host my, uh, my, my custom apps on, uh, AWS, Azure, yeah. Google, right. you know, physical servers, you've got to, you've got to sort all those things out as well. And, and then you've got to have, you know, just. Taking that a step further, um, your contracts, you know, your customer agreements, your your MSA has got to speak to data security, you know, and integrity. And mm. where are you where are you hosting data, right? If it's uh, if it's a European client, you got to think about GDPR. So That's right. All of these things, you know, you you need to think about that, have a, a plan in place, and and know what your tech stack and the things that go around it look like.
0: Uh across all of the uh, uh clients that you work with, especially the ones that require some consultancy around their platform or their tech stack, how frequently or what's the percentage of those that end up requiring some sort of custom integration? Like how prevalent uh does is that need uh that um that obviously you guys have built the team to be able to solve?
1: Custom integration uh for us is probably I'd say at least a third of our yeah. clients have some some type of custom. It's a significant portion, right? Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. that's really expanded too, right? When operations hub came out with custom code steps mm-hmm. and workflows, that was like, wow, okay, now you need a developer on just about every project, right? If because now you can do some really cool things you couldn't do you couldn't do before. So it's it's pretty prevalent for us. Um, I would say every you know every deployment, every client has some kind of integration just from the marketplace, right? Yep. Usually have, I think there's stats that we were shown at partner day, right, of the average number of integrations and, and clients working with partners tend to have more than those that don't. Mm-hmm. So you've, you've got to have, you know, if, if you don't have knowledge in that, you don't have your own sort of recommended tools to integrate with HubSpot, um, you're going to be left in a position where you just, you're reacting to whatever the client chooses and you may Uh, you may get stuck supporting something that you're not comfortable with.
0: Yeah. That might not be the best interest of that client, right. Or truly what, what, what they're looking for. Um, uh, Matt, how do you, any recommendations? I understand that it's a, it's a, when you're seeking developers, especially those that can build these like custom integrations, uh, I know it's a fairly tough talent pool to find, uh, to, to bring in, uh, to develop Uh, any recommendations on how to build, you know, a similar uh, uh, level of expertise for custom integration support uh, like 1406. Any other partners looking to do the same?
1: Uh, I would do it by networking with people that you trust, right? I think all of us have, you know, that kind of circle of advisors or people that we know that we've worked with before. Yeah. You know, I would would think through that list, you know, make a list of people you worked with, whether it's at a previous job, uh, people that are a prior client or even an existing client. Find some folks, if if you're not a tech person, you know, I, I spent uh, a number of years working in software development teams and and tech companies, so I had a little bit of a, of a leg up on this, but find people that you know and trust and just ask them for advice. Ask them for references, um, you know, do some interviews, and you'll learn just from doing interviews and talking to people and, and ask for examples of their work
0: do you do like a practical exercise as part, Hey, can you, you know, like a sample or anything like that as part of the interview process? Um,
1: I'll usually ask, uh, but I feel like a lot of people don't want to do that. And especially <laughs> like, you know, remotely, it's really hard to just yeah. test somebody on that. So some of the things I've done is if I'm talking to, so we just hired a react developer recently, uh, an additional uh, team member really just to focus on that. And, um, I interviewed a lot of folks and as part of that process, I would say, hey, are you familiar with the HubSpot APIs? Have you ever done HubSpot integration? Most of them said no. <laughs> so in the interview, I would bring up the main page for the API documentation, and I would send them the link to it. And I would say, well, here you go. Take a look at this, right? And, um, you know, let me know if you have any questions. I would send them the link to like the public knowledge base article about the React UI customizations and then uh there's always a follow up call right a few yep. days later so in the follow up call i would say hey did you have a chance to look at those links that i sent you and the folks that had yeah actually i looked at that and i set up my own um developer test account and i you know yep. those are the folks that if they do it on their own kind of volunteer voluntarily because they are excited by the technology and the capabilities those are the people you want to look for mm mm-hmm. mm hmm
0: Nope. That makes sense. Uh, it's a good, it's a good way to just like, you know, to, to gut check it, right? Yeah. How invested they are, how excited they are about, about the tooling um, proactively too, right? Not necessarily prompted to do that. Um, yeah.
1: You want somebody who's personally excited to, to, to learn and to grow and build some things with these tools that you're, that you're hiring them to, uh, to be an expert on.
0: So Matt, you mentioned too that hey, when uh, you know businesses work with partners, there's more integrations. We talked about some added complexity that that can happen in the sales process, some different cost aversion, some different, you know, like there's a there's there's a lot that that uh, you know a partner like yourself has to put into this for it to to yield the results that it can or should. But you know, it, I can't help but think the juice is worth the squeeze. Otherwise, we wouldn't be squeezing it. So it's like, what does you know, the juice look like after all this squeezing, like why is there such an emphasis on consulting around tech stack, getting the right, you know, apps and integrations in place? Like what does this yield on the other side for your
1: clients, but also for 1406 to continue offering this as a, as a service? Yeah, that's a good question. And I know, I know that integrations and custom development, there, there are a lot of partners out there. There's somebody listening to this podcast probably who says, well i do the same thing right there's other partners who do custom integrations and and, and integrations but um you know one of the kind of long standing pieces of advice that i got even back in the sales partner days was if you can find a specialty area mm-hmm. right you're going to do better right you're not just you're not just one of thousands right there's like everything 6, to 000. everyone right yeah there's yeah. 6000 or so uh partners in the directory if you you know, click the filter for show me the ones that are custom integration accredited. I think it's around 60. Mm-hmm. So right. So uh, for us, it was a it was just a natural way to differentiate ourselves. It's something that we actually enjoy doing, right? I think it is probably the most important part of it. We enjoy solving those kind of problems and finding ways that, you know, just because HubSpot is missing one little thing, doesn't mean it's not a, the right solution for you, right? So. If we can quickly solve that one little thing with some extension or an integration to HubSpot that then allows you to really get the benefit out of the rest of the platform, we, we, we love doing that. That's, that's great. You know, we can solve problems that way for clients. We can solve problems that way for, uh, people in the HubSpot sales team, right? There's, you know, sales team members who ha- have lots of opportunities they're trying to work through, uh, especially here in Q4, right? Yep. Yeah. And if uh, if they've got an obstacle or roadblock where it, you know there's just this one little thing standing in the way that the client is concerned HubSpot can't do X, we love coming in and helping to solve those problems so you remove that obstacle from the process.
0: So it sounds like well first uh, it's it's a great way to differentiate right to trim to your point from six thousand or something like that maybe if you, you unfiltered in the directory down to that accredited status for customer agreement it's sixty so it's like you know significant differentiation probably helps you know, tee up uh, uh conversations with prospective businesses and clients. But but it also sounds like it's it's harmonizing the work that you like to do that you find energy in, but pairing that with, you know, what seems to be a growing need and point of emphasis uh in the market. So all of those things I feel like are the, the checkboxes for uh for again, I guess the juice squeeze question there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's hard it's hard to grow a business doing something you don't enjoy. Sure. Right. So you if you enjoy it, you've got uh, a great team. Like, you know, I have to say it, it really comes down to my team. I, I don't write software. You know I, know, I know enough to be dangerous. I know what kind of questions to ask. Um, I know how to look at, you know, options and suggest options to my development team, but but they're the ones that do the work, right? And then, then it's just talking through it with the client and making sure you're clear on the business requirements. So having a, having a good team uh, really is critical to making that work. And so I mean, yeah, to your point there, it sounds like well we're
0: it's also attracting the right type of clients, the clients that we would want to work with. But again, being able to just unlock, you know, or solve the complicated problem with just one additive step or or you know, key piece, one element, uh, you know, it can it can bear a ton of fruit for the client, obviously, you know, for yourselves as well.
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think it's similar to um, you know, other people do that by picking a market, right? Yeah. They're the experts in implementing HubSpot for the HVAC. Uh, market or for dentist dentist offices or things like that you know we we don't do either of those things we probably could hmm. but we typically haven't um but uh you know it's it's important to find those areas that you focus you can you can actually unlock new uh new markets i would say a new kind of niche um, go-to-market opportunities actually by uh working with other partners sometimes so yeah we're doing that currently uh you know uh, dax miller from happily of course yeah. podcast. So. We're doing some work with uh, with those guys around. They have a, a system called Real City, which they built a while back, which uh, is a, a SaaS subscription for the MLS, you know, real estate listings, mm-hmm. and they built that a while back. Uh, actually, prior to the current CMS kind of themes and templates model. So uh, we've done some some great work on CMS themes, CMS templates, and have now put together working with those guys a basically a pre integrated c m s theme uh that is going into the marketplace that that is already built to integrate with their uh real city data feed so you know basically we would do the provide the c m s theme the template do the design work and implementation yeah. they provide the ongoing data feed m l s data uh for the for the realtor and between the two of us you know it unlocks a great a great solution set gate great capability and um and it gives us uh kind of a new area to to work on that we haven't done before.
0: That's super cool. And honestly, it's a good testament. It's a good, uh, it's a good um, cited example. As we, I I think you mentioned earlier, you know, Hey, how do we, you know, uh, amplify the partnerships between solutions partners and app partners and how that can be exponentially impactful for for clients. And so that's a, that's a great example of that. I love that. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, It's been a good collaboration. Great collaboration too. Um, We love the happily guys. I have one final question. I want to get there in a second. What's the most uh, like niche or uh, incredibly specific or uh, I don't want to say like random or like, you know, but like, what's like the most, you know, the the wildest custom integration or platform that you had to integrate data into HubSpot with or like send data out from HubSpot, but like what's, what's, what's something really out there as a, as another point solution that you had to integrate with?
1: Mm. I don't know. It's hard to pick just one. (laughs) <laughs> they are like, they're all pretty, pretty
0: obtuse. Yeah. They're all
1: unique. Um, yeah. You know, there's, I think there's a lot of things that, uh, like we've, we've started to get more involved over the last couple of years with um, companies that have, a, I think, especially after COVID, that have traditionally a brick and mortar, you know, retail presence. Yep, And often will have somewhat antiquated uh, point of sale systems mm. or systems that don't really integrate well with other platforms and a lot of those folks uh over the last several years have gone to also doing e-commerce and website platforms and so they're looking for a consolidated way to bring their point of data point of sale data from their retail stores into a crm that also pulls in their e-commerce data so we've done several of those where you know we've got uh we had to work through a custom e-commerce site integration uh and also uh write custom integrations to to process sales data coming in from a pos that's not connected to the internet right so we might have a a contact who filled out a lead form on the website we route that to a store rep and then when the sale happens at the store we pull that in from the pos system we need to tie Uh it back to the lead and hubspot same record yeah right same record and make sure we can do like lead source attribution reporting and all those things that the marketing person wants Right. right yeah so that gets interesting you know I think that's probably a good example.
0: Yeah, that is a great, great example. Yeah, dude. Easier said than done. Can get pretty hairy. Some of the antiquated, you know, POS uh, systems out there. All right, Matt. Final question for you as we come up on time. uh, We wrap every episode with the same question. Uh, What's the strangest part of agency life?
1: Hmm, Strangest part of agency life, I think, is uh, for me just the the variety of businesses and industries that you get exposure to. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a partner it's the strangest thing and that's to me it's also the coolest thing that's what keeps it interesting
0: yeah you're like wow i never realized i was going to become a subject matter expert in some you know incredibly uh you know uh, uh niche piece of uh you know manufactured equipment over here that does this and you know so uh yeah sure. there's been
1: a few times where i said i didn't even know that was a thing
0: and then there's a whole market for it you know and there's a whole market for it yeah yeah Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, Matt, thanks so much for coming on the show. This has been incredibly insightful. Obviously, loved hearing uh, the early days of you know your entry uh, as part of a, the salute, uh, the sales partner program. Um, but again, I think uh, uh, CRM, uh, you know, and platform consultancy, tech stack guidance, and how that manifests in a sales process and into an implementation of HubSpot. You know, this is all just uh, top of mind for a lot of partners. Again, we know it's a growing need, and so being able to to hear some of uh, your approaches, some of your insights. Uh, It's been incredibly valuable and helpful, man. So thanks so much for coming on. Fantastic. Thanks
1: for the invite. Good to see you again and talk soon.
0: That sounds great, man. And for everyone that has just tuned in, this has been another episode of Agency Unfiltered.